Hi, welcome back to Shop Talk with the Sheriff. I'm Sheriff Gregory Tony here in Broward County. Thank you all for joining us on our show. Today we have another special guest. He has been around for a while, so if you're a local Broward County native, uh, if you're a business owner, if you're a first responder, you most certainly are going to be familiar with this gentleman. Uh, I have the honor to bring him on, and he has served not only just the community, but he most certainly served me in my administration. Today we're bringing on an internal guest, uh, Chief Greg Honus. Once a chief, always a chief. Uh, Greg Honus has been leading up the fire department going back almost over two years um, from the time I brought him into the administration uh, and promoted him up to that capacity. But guys, listen, he, he's been around since 1983. Uh, he was a member of the Department of Broward County Emergency Medical Services, which later became the Broward Sheriff's Office Department of Fire Rescue. He rose through the ranks the old fashioned way grit, hard work, effort, discipline, all the way up to become the first uh, black fire chief in the history of the organization of Jamaican descent, uh, my Jamaican brother there. And I gotta tell you, from the time that I've had uh, my contacts with him, both in the field, out of the field, there's been no one who has been uh, at the highest level of esteem, in my opinion, in terms of how they present themselves constantly. So, Chief, welcome to the club. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Uh, thank you, Sheriff. Uh, you know, it's, it's been an honor and a privilege to serve with you and serve under you, um, as well as the, uh, you know, as, as well as Broward County, just serving Broward County since 1983. Um, listen, I, you know what I said, it, you know, we're in it for life. And, and I certainly gave, uh, certainly would give my life for this wonderful county. Well, you know what, Chief, I always like to have our guests come on and tell their story about the path and how you got there. You know, a lot of people look at myself or men like you or women like Nicole uh, Anderson, our undersheriff, and they see us at the top of our game, so to speak, but they don't understand the story behind it. And there's a struggle. Um, there's an immense struggle. And I know part of your story. And before we get into your tenure and some of the things you've done in the organization. Let's let's tell the people about your story. How did you end up here in the U.S., here in Fire Rescue? What was that driving force? Well, as with any good immigrant coming to the country, I came here out of the necessity to live. Uh, it really it really boiled down to it. Um, uh, I left Jamaica uh, back in the 70s, and that was a really trying time. Um, uh, socialism was in full force. Uh, you know, communism was around the corner. Fidel was spending a lot of Fidel Castro was spending a lot of time in Jamaica. Uh, they they outlawed guns for uh, law-abiding citizens, and only the bad guys had guns. Uh, death struggle, uh, food lines, gas lines, you name it. It, it was normal for us. Uh, you couldn't be out after dark. Uh, you know, geez. Um, you know, just having guns pointed at your head and, you know, going to school and walking over dead bodies just to get there, uh, you know, it was a trying time. And uh, through it, you know, we had to trust no one, and which is the worst part. And, you know, it comes back to trust. You couldn't trust anyone. You couldn't trust them with what you said, your, your, uh, how you felt about things. Uh, just the ability to speak freely was, was, a far, was foreign in, in that country uh, when I left. And uh, it boiled down to the color of your shirt you wore on, on election day. You know, you couldn't be caught with certain colors in certain areas uh, or you would be a dead person. So, I mean, just growing up in that kind of environment, my mom said, you know, let, let's listen, we're going to we're going to do it the old fashioned way. We're going to go to U.S. Embassy and get out of Jamaica and 
you can't tell a soul. And, you know, you didn't realize when your life depended on you can't tell a soul, you couldn't tell a soul. And, you know, just uh, in the middle of the night, uh, you know, in the middle of the morning, actually, it just take the flight out and come to America. So while I was um, Jamaican by birth, uh, Jamaican by heritage, uh, I became I became to the U.S. by choice, uh, and which is the foundation behind everything in, in this great country. So I, I chose to be here. I chose to live here. I chose to live and work in Broward County. Uh, so uh, that has been a privilege that has been bestowed upon me, and I will never look back and look at it anything other than being a privilege and an honor. Look, that's a great intro. You know, I always want people listening. And, it, you know, for years, I used to always want the young folks to hear to be inspired. But you know what? Older folks need to be inspired and motivated as well. And anybody can touch on that story and realize, man, the benefits of perseverance, right? So you finally get here. You arrive with your family. And I think we talked one time. You had an interest in medicine originally, right? From the from the doctor standpoint, physician standpoint. Is that right? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, as, as growing up, I mean, I just remembered my uh, godmother, who was my aunt, uh, grabbing my hands when I go when I go to see her. And, and uh, she was a surgeon. And she'd look at my hands and says, those are hands of a doctor. And that kept, you know, harping in my, in my head uh, all those years and in my heart. And uh, growing up in, in, the, in, in my neighborhood, and I, I was known as a duck. You know, there was a problem. You know, we get, there was two of us. You know, said anybody got hurt, injured, you know, just grab the duck and the duck will take care of you. So if we couldn't take care of them, we knew how to get them taken care of. My mom was in medicine. Uh, my dad was in the, in the science field. And, and so uh, it was always one of those uh, that I grew up with. And that's what I came and, you know, I was slated to go to the University of West Indies, the medical school. Um, and I was going to follow up in Edinburgh, Ed, in Edinburgh, Scotland to do my, uh, to finish up my medicine. I mean, that was all preordained and, uh, had to give it all up. Really did have to give it all up. You know, but I tell you what, and- you, you say you had to give it all up, but I'm sure, uh, the immense amount of lives that you've touched and saved and the impacts you had in fire rescue. Uh, I don't know if you probably would have had the same type of impact on a, on a more globalized scale, like you've had in the County. Uh, if you were just a physician, not to, you know, devalue the work that they do, but just seeing you out in the community. Oh, no, absolutely. Actually, you know, when I said give it up, to give up that part of my life. So um, in anytime you're faced with adversity and challenges in life, you got you got a couple of choices. And, and that's the main thing. You have choices. So you can roll over and be the victim or you can stand up and be the victor. I chose to do the latter and through all the adversities uh, and challenges and you can't do this, you can't do that. I decided to do it. So um, being in the emergency medical field was happenstance by, by, you know, just, just by chance. It was happenstance. I managed to see this uh, great television show called emergency on television, uh, along with a sociology professor that I know from uh, Florida state. Go knows our connection. I'm sorry. Anytime I get an opportunity to give a shout out for Go Knowles, I'm going to just cut you off in the middle of your sentence, sir. Go Knowles. <laughs> All right. You know, he gave, he, he opened my eyes, you know, and said, uh, you know, and, and it made it an attainable, an, an attainable goal. And uh, so I said, okay, I'm going to give it a try. And I gave it a try and I was, you know, told I couldn't do it. And I uh, had opportunities at uh, Broward College after trying at Miami-Dade College and 
they gave me an opportunity. I took the opportunity and I, and I never looked back. I was bitten by it. Uh, and then, uh, in the beginning and I was just like, and there was no going back after there. Uh, you know, I just made it, made it what I wanted to be, not what life was going to give me. That's so, right. Yeah. It was all challenges, those challenges. You know, Chief, I got a question for you, and I'm sure some are even thinking about this. Uh, during the time in which you started to pursue fire rescue, EMS, paramedic services, there weren't a lot of people of color in that industry, in that profession. What was that like? What were some of the hardships you had to penetrate through um, during that era when you're probably the first uh, face or the only face of color in these rooms, these academies, these training environments, et cetera? It was uh, surreal. Um, you know, I never looked at color as an uh, impediment. Um, however, the reality is that it was. Uh, I, I realized that when I got here in, in, the, in the beginning and just finding housing, um, uh, because I come from uh, my mother, my mother was white, my father was black, and uh, came here with my mother. And you know, you get the, you get the stairs, you get the stairs, and she's having to explain that's my son. And uh, and back in the seventies, and they kind of uh, kind of looked at you kind of weird. I mean, from from those days, and I realized that it was going to it was going to be an obstacle. It's not going to be a wall. It's going to be an obstacle that I'm going to have to get around. And I did. And um, it's just, it's just, you mentioned it earlier, grit and determination, you know, just suck it up and let's move on. But in the fire service, I mean, I remember coming into, uh, into the Davie fire station um, and uh, back in those days. And, you know, it was an unusual event uh, and, and I, and I had challenges um, and not because of anything other than what people have been uh, conditioned to accept as what, their uh, normal is and i you know was able to show them you know there's a person underneath this you know don't just look beyond what you see and just talk to the person and i kind of lived that life you know just i never looked at it and as as anything other than an opportunity for for uh for me to excel and for me to pass on you know my you know my my trials my tribulations my story and inspire people to you know you have it within you in regards to the colors, your ethnicity, you know, you, you've got it in you. And, and that's what's got to shine, not anything else. Yeah, Chief, you know, that, that's that's solid, man, because it applies to everybody out here. Um, we all have our d differences beyond the shades and colors of our skins from all these different things. You know, we're rolling into uh, Pride Month here, and uh, it, it's hard not to dismiss the fact that we still have an element in our community that feels somewhat ostracized to join this profession. And we're doing a lot of good work, as you know, if you help me out with the LGBTQ uh, committee that we set up. Uh, I do have another, you know, kind of question for you about <clears throat> your journey and stuff, because I I don't think still, even here in Broward County, a lot of people don't realize the size and scale and magnitude of fire rescue. So just walk the community through um, total personnel, operational considerations, so that they really understand, like they have a top-notch fire rescue department here that goes unmatched anywhere in this state. Well, I might be a little partial to it. Um, <laughs> so <but> am I. <laughs> but uh, yes, it is unmatched. It is the most unique department in the United States, if not in the world, uh, under, there, there, there are no other departments that rival this. I mean, metro size departments that rival this. Uh, we work under a constitutional officer that, uh, that understands what fire rescue is all about. Also understands that, uh, that, 
uh, about law enforcement, Department of Detention, community control, and uh, you know has 5,600 uh, employees. Uh, you know the fire department piece of it, 739 and growing, and uh, you know grows by leaps and bounds every day. And uh, the sworn and civilian folks are just tantamount to the success. I mean, we just finished uh, going through uh, an accreditation process um, that was put on in the middle of a transition. Uh, that's never been done before, another, another first. And uh, they, were, they were totally smitten with the ability for us to have a sustainable workforce and to show them exactly what a sustainable workforce would, should look like. Uh, taking it through the motions, uh, the, the outgoing uh, comments was that they've never seen anything like this from um, from how large, the, you know, if you peel all the layers back in, in, the, in Broward County, we're actually the fifth largest city. If you took down all the borders, we're the fifth largest city in the United States. And, um, and, and you know, I, I, I told them, as I tell everybody, I said, I, you know, not many places, you know, you could travel 10 miles and cover not, you know, five five cities. In, 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 10, in 10 miles going to work. I can go to, you know, five cities. I can do seven cities. I can do nine cities. And I can go home the same way. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a choice. Um, it's just very densely populated. And a lot of people don't realize when they go from city to city um, that they're actually, you know, tra- traversing those, those city boundaries. And uh, so I look at it in terms of an entire county, uh, as you do, Sheriff. I know you do, too. Uh, and that we have a duty and an obligation to protect everyone. And so the uniqueness of the sheriff's office being that, and, you know, our regional services and our contract city services, um, they, they provide a unique aspect that um, I think a lot of people are envious of. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, uh, it, it, it's a legitimate envy and they can always join the team and, and leave their uh, current organizations. Yeah. I'm recruiting folks, always looking for new talent. Chief, you know, another thing is, you know, when you and I first sat down and met uh, and I talked about what my plans were as sheriff and the importance of not getting caught up with the focus on four years, because as an elected official, everything's driven around four years. But I thought that was also problematic to why we've had delays in progress um, or organizational uh, stalemates where we can't move forward in certain areas. And and it's something I shared with you and you bought into instantly. Uh, I mentioned it's not about the next four years. Instead, it's about the next hundred years. And the things that we do in terms of planting seeds over the next four years is about making sure those seeds uh, eventually penetrate through the ground, become trees and bear fruit that this community can eat from. Why was that important for you? Why was that a message that I saw your eyes glowing when I first brought that up? Why was that so viable to hear? Because that was the same way I felt. Uh, it was never, first of all, it's never about me. Um, it's about the community. Um, and, and I have this shirt that I, I, you, you've seen me wear. It, I have the shirt that says community. And it's, and it's, uh, it's broken down to calm unity. Um, and there's, a little and in between so and really that's what it boils down to it's common unity i mean you can't drive common unity in a matter of a time frame it's generations it's about generations it's not about doing something right now while we have to do right now stuff but we have to focus strategically on the next hundred years because if we don't we're not aiming high what we're doing is aiming low and we're going to miss the mark a lot of times 
and it and it's quite obvious when you when you you come from a perspective of, hey I got to do it for because I got to get through the next two years or the next three years you're you're bound to fail you you are just bound to fail you got to aim high and and that's what you brought you brought that we got to aim high people because if you don't you're going to miss the mark guaranteed if you aim high and you and you shoot and you undershoot it guess what you're still hitting that target you're still hitting that target day in day out but if you aim short you're never going to hit that target that's right and you know you've done that throughout your whole career and so now you're at the finality uh of your career with the retirement um and what do you think um or your hope would have is that you left behind in terms of a legacy uh, because we all have our own perspective, right? I can probably sit here and speak for an hour about what I think you left behind in terms of a legacy because you've done so much. But what is it that you see um, that you left behind, whereas your your uh, up and coming um, fire chief that you've you know uh, kind of supported to come into play and take take over the torch, so to speak, so we're you can keep your things moving forward. What is it? Uh, you know, it's kind of complex for me to describe because I, I don't want to start telling you about what I think your legacy is, but what do you think it is? You know, there's interesting. When you, um, and Sheriff, you've been into my office and uh, there at the public safety building. Uh, the one thing that, you know, uh, that, that's devoid on my desk is a nameplate um, because the desk, I don't, it doesn't belong to me. It never has belonged to me. It belongs to the, the, the organization. The only plate that was on there, and it's still there today, is the place says I'm responsible and whoever sits at that desk should remember that that's what that nameplate says. I'm responsible. And the rule of five is what I've preached everyone that I've mentored throughout the years. I said, I'm going to grab five. You're going to grab five and they're going to grab and, and whoever you grab is going to grab five. And it's a force multiplier and you have to mentor people. You, you can't, you, you have to trust people and you have to inspire them to inspire others. Um, you can you can run an organization as large as the Broward Sheriff's Office, as, as small as the, the department, but un, until you develop that inspirational model where you can not not just just say the words but act the act the role, uh, then you see the the growth that comes up from behind. And then when you look back, and I and I do, and I look back and I go, we're in, we're in better shape. I left it in better shape only because I didn't do anything other than mentor the next folks to mentor those. So that, that seat should always be occupied by the next person that was mentored by somebody from inside. It really, it really does matter. Uh, and, and that is the one thing, the one legacy I'm looking at is that it should, the next chief is within the Department of Fire Rescue. You know, it, it's, there's talent there. I, I see it. Um, I, and I saw it in the last few weeks when I did, you know, when I worked in, well, you saw me out there seven days a week and I was called the love and hugs tour. And I told them all, I said, I love you. You, you, you have the talent there. I just want you all to step up and just say, I'm going to take the reins because without that, you know, and that kind of hope for the future, there, there is, you know, if you don't have that hope for the future, you have no future. So it starts with hope. It starts with inspiration. And they need to drive that inspiration all the way down until it becomes commonplace among the core values. Uh, trust and inspire is, is, is what it's all about. And, and you lead the folks that way. And they will come up and they will rise. They will just, you know, the biggest thing that I wanted to do, I got done. I lift the lid. Take the lid off people. Stop holding them back and let them, let them block them. 
um, as the fruit on the trees do. It will it will grow, you know, from you know grow from a seed. You point it out to a tree and tree, and then you got the fruit. The fruit is what you're after. You're not you're not so much looking for anything else, but you know, you got to plant the seeds, and, and, and the only way to do all those seeds is to, you know, look for the next hundred years. You know, the oak tree, do, the oak tree doesn't give you shade till it's, uh, it's till it's um, well set in its root. I like and that. We have that. I like that. I'm gonna steal that part. Copyright that, guys. The, the oak tree doesn't provide shade until. Listen, Chief. Uh, I always make light, guys. I have a very good relationship with this man. I admire him. Uh, he's been a mentor, been a good friend, uh, been an exceptional leader. Uh, is one of my department heads who's responsible for uh, fire rescue. Uh, we're gonna miss him in his retirement, but I have to say, uh, for any of you who just logged on, you need to go back hit the rewind button, start play again, and listen to today's special guest, who is Fire Chief Greg Honus of the Briar Sheriff's Office Fire Rescue Department, who has put in over 40 years of service uh, within this community. And his legacy is left within all the different members of Fire Rescue and the mentorship and leadership that he's provided to all our executive directors. So on behalf of Colonel John Hell, Colonel Oscar Lorena, Colonel James Reyes, the undersheriff, Nicole Anderson, Colonel Steve Robson, and I can all, go all the way down beyond the colonels, the majors, even the captains in our districts. Um, everyone admire the work that you've done and how you've led and helped our agency. So thank you. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Uh, thank you, Sheriff, for having me on. And, you know, as you said, it's uh, one, one team, one mission. Outstanding. To everyone else, thank you for joining me on Shop Talk with the Sheriff. Remember to follow me on Instagram at BSO Sheriff Tony. It's not a stunt double. It's me. Also, subscribe to the podcast so you get early alerts for every new episode. In the meantime, stay safe, be humble, and try to love somebody a little bit more than you love yourself.